All right, welcome to Peace of Mind Radio. I am Brian Ramsey along with Chris Vaughn. And uh, today, this is going to be a different subject matter because we're talking about one of those uh, interesting questions that we've had, I've had, and we talked about this before the podcast. Uh, I've really had, let's say, over the last six months of last year, and especially starting this year, and that is, should I be contributing to my 401k? Now, here's what you're going to hear in almost every case is, People say contributing to your 401k is the best decision you can make. Oh, and I think we're going to make an argument today that that may not always be right. in the best interest, right? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to tackle, uh, first of all, we're going to tackle uh, the reasons that you should contribute, and I'll let you tackle that one. All right. Okay. And then I'm going to take the other side, and I'm going to talk about reasons why you might consider not contributing. Now, hey, I know it's going to sound a little unorthodox for us to say that, um, but sometimes that can be the right that, that can be the right advice. Yeah. And then we're going to tackle uh, Roth Roth four hundred one k. So go. almost I think almost everybody now has the ability to you contribute. See it with most people now. Yeah, I mean most plans. You know, five years ago we didn't even have right. this, or it seems like it. But it seems like more and more companies now are adding. Uh, in the ability for folks to contribute to the Roth, which is an after-tax contribution. So we're going to tackle all that. Uh, it should be a pretty cool uh, series because this has all come up in the past, like I said, six to seven months. And a lot of it's having to do with uh, just the change of administration and the change of potential taxes and you know the tax impact. And uh, we'll give you a couple of examples along the way of why you might not conti- continue contributing to your 401k. So with that being said... That's a quick intro. Chris, why don't you take why what are the reasons that you say yes, you should be contributing to your 401k? To your 401k. All right. So uh, the most obvious reason why you would want to contribute to your 401k um, is it's free money. In most cases, there is a match. But it's your money. It, it's that's right. It's your money. It's mo- it is yeah. a form of your compensation. Uh, so it's not free money, if you will, but, uh, but your is, match would be right? your match is yeah, okay. a form of compensation that you're getting and you're not getting it unless you're actually contributing, uh, to that 401k. So it, there, there's two different numbers that you have to know. Uh, if you want to figure out how this works, uh, your company will say, okay, we're going to match, uh, 50% or a hundred percent or something along those lines of whatever you contribute to your 401k up to a certain total percentage of your total uh, salary. So, for example, they might contribute uh, 100% of whatever you put in. They'll match that up to, say, 3% of your, uh, of your, contrib- or of, of your salary. Excuse me. Uh, and then they might have a second part where they say, and we'll put in 50% of what you contribute over that 3% up to, say, 4 or 5 But the main thing here is that not only is the money that you are personally putting into that 401k being saved and growing based on your investments, but that match rate that is being given to you by your company. That is by far the biggest reason why you should contribute to a 401k. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to take the other side of that. All right. Now there's there's many more, right? I mean, we're only talking about a few, but we literally could spend the better part of an entire podcast just talking about the reasons that you should contribute to your uh, 401k. Now, I'm gonna, I'm going to play the other side of that, and that is that there's a discussion that goes on about 
paying tax now versus paying tax later. Right. Right. And my old partner, and I won't mention his name because you guys will start giggling <laughs> if I, we start talking about Too it. Too late. Already done. I, I know. <laughs> um, but he would always say, would you rather pay tax on the seed that's in the ground or the harvest at the end? And I, 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 I thought it was kind of silly when he first started. You know, we'd say that. I'm like, what are you talking about? But the more you think about it, think about that. If you're paying, yeah, if you're paying tax on ten bucks, for example, right, and you're putting ten dollars, oh, let's say a hundred dollars, you're putting a hundred dollars away in your four hundred one k, and would you pay? Would you rather pay tax on a hundred bucks, or you defer the hundred dollars, right? And twenty years down the road, now that hundred dollars is three hundred dollars. Are you gonna? Would you rather pay tax on the three hundred dollars, right? So there's that argument, but I'm gonna give you a little bit different spin. I, I get that part. I understand what he's talking about, but what what we're seeing now is, well, let me let me say this. My parents, for example, my mother and father are in their well, let's say late seventies, right? I'm, Not to uh, kind of give away my age too, but that's okay. <laughs> no, they're in their late seventies, so they didn't start out their careers with four hundred one ks or even available, right? Right. I can remember my mother was nearing not nearing retirement, but you know it's at a pretty good ways into her career before she ever was eligible for a 401k, right? So they didn't have their entire career to put money into a 401k. Now we're seeing the minute you get out of school and you take your first job, the first thing that you go into your day one of your job, they're talking to you about putting money in a 401k. In fact, some of the uh, 401k plans that we work on, there is a provision that says that you have to opt out of your 401k Otherwise, you're automatically in, and they defer X amount of dollars. So with that being said, we're now seeing folks that are, let's say, in their approaching 50, right? And we have a number of those clients. Yeah. That their 401k balances are approaching a million bucks just because mm-hmm. of what they've deferred plus the match you were talking right. about. And so when you, when you think about that, they've got another, let's say, 15 years of working and deferring and having the company match, that 401k could be a significant balance. It becomes an issue when you reach the age 72, as of today, because you're going to be forced to take money out. So we ran numbers on a client who had about $900,000. He was 50, 52, I think. By the time he was 65, he's projected to have like $2.5 million in there, the way he's deferring and the growth and everything else. His RMD, which is their, the minimum that you're required to take out, you know, when you're 72 years old, was $380,000. Well, he didn't need $380,000 a year to live on. And so we had the conversation with him. He's 52, like I said, and we had the conversation of let's not contribute any more than a certain minimum in your pre-tax side of your 401k. Let's talk about doing contributions to the post-tax side, uh, which is what we're going to get into. But again, he was blown away that, in fact, I was telling him, you don't, let's start to minimize what you're putting in on the pre-tax side uh, just because of the sheer, uh, you know, balance he's going to have uh, when he's, you know, when he's 65, 70 years old, when he starts taking distribution. So with that being said, that that's kind of argument against it. You have to, it's okay to look at what you're doing right now and saying, what's the impact to me? What's the tax impact to me today? But you also have to look 10, 15, 20 years down the road and say, now what's the tax impact to me? That's the seed versus the harvest. 
you know, you have I, to look at all that. If I can add something to that, uh, uh, another guy that uh, that we work with comes up with some pretty goofy analogies from time to time, but he did come up with a pretty good one. Um, and you know who I'm talking about. I That's did. why you're laughing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came up with a pretty good one. He might be that able to was, hear us right now. He might probably can. Um, <laughs> one of the uh, uh, the neat things about a 401k from the per, from the point of view of the IRS. They love it when you keep your money invested in a traditional 401k and your money's growing at six, seven, eight, nine percent, whatever it is that you're getting, because that means that the tax that you owe them in the future is also growing at six, seven, eight, nine percent, whatever it is you're getting. So they love that. It's actually a, a, a it's a different way of thinking about that that tax burden that's coming down the road. Yeah, but I, I will say this that. Um, this is not something you take lightly, okay? Don't misunderstand what we're saying. We're not saying everybody run out and change your deferment to zero no. pre-tax. and We're not saying that. But what we're saying is that, you know, there is an argument to continue to contribute on a pre-tax. There's also an argument, and a legitimate argument, to say that your contributions should maybe either be post-tax or, you know, not deferring money into your 401k plan or minimize the contribution. Now, with that being said, the only way we feel like that you would know that and that you uh, you have to get the information in order to determine what is right for you is to do a financial plan. Now, you've heard us say, if you've listened to us at all, uh, let's you say know. over the last three years for sure, we harp on this whole financial planning thing because we really do feel like that the only way for anybody listening, and that goes for us too, right? I, yep. I did this for myself, but uh, the only way for any of us to make good, solid financial decisions is to do a financial plan so that you have the data that you need in order to make a right decision. The only way I gave that recommendation for my client to say, hey, let's start to minimize your pre-tax deferment. The only reason why I even mentioned it is because we had the data. We did a financial plan. We had the data available to show him the impact of him deferring on uh, the Roth as opposed to the pre-tax side. So the only reason, again, you have to have the information in order to make good decisions. Now, this is not something you just blanket say, hey, we're going to, you know, everybody should do that. That's not the case. But No, there's no it, one right answer for everybody. That doesn't exist. That's right. That's right. So with that being said, let's move to Roth IRAs, which is if, you, if you've been listening, when we talk about post-tax versus pre-tax, that's what we're talking about is, well, why don't you, talk, why don't you tackle uh, the pre-tax versus post-tax? What is the difference? Okay, so, all right, Roth 401ks specifically, Sorry, not, yeah. not IRAs, but that's okay. The, the concept is still the same. Uh, when you're dealing with a traditional uh, 401k, your money is going into that account, and then what's remaining of your paycheck gets taxed. So the money's never been taxed. Now it grows based upon your investments, and the, the tax is deferred. So it grows a lot faster because you're not having to take those taxes out as you go. Now, at the end, when you go to use this money during your retirement years, now you pay taxes on the money as you take it out. Everything you take out, you pay taxes on it, and you report it as income tax. So whatever bracket you're in at that point in time down the road. The Roth version works a little bit differently. It is your taxes are taken out of your paycheck, and then the contribution comes out and goes into your 401k. Still grows tax deferred, just like the traditional one did. But because the tax was paid up front, now when you get to retirement age and you're pulling that money out, there's no taxes at all, as long as you follow the rules, on the Roth money when you take it out. 
Um, so your RMDs don't, that, that's not part of it. You don't have to worry about that 72 age figure. Uh, it affects your taxes on your social security, uh, on a lot of other things. So the, uh, the, the big difference between the two, the analogy that I like to use with people to figure out, uh, the difference between the two, and this is very simplified is imagine two snowballs sitting at the top of the hill that are exactly the same size. One of them's traditional, one of them's Roth, and for argument's sake, let's just say a 20% tax rate. So you go to the, to the, to the Roth snowball, and you remove 20% of the snowball, roll them down the hill, uh, they come to, to the stop at the same point, and then you take 20% off of the traditional one. And the question then is, which snowball is bigger after it has gone down that hill? And the answer is, depends on how long the hill is. So that's where a combination of the two might be very wise based upon the timeframes that you're working with. Yeah, and I'll tell you that you can, it's super easy that uh, if you do a good financial plan and you work with a good financial planner and they do a good cash flow analysis, you can say, what happens if I continue to contribute on a pre-tax basis, right? So in a traditional 401k, and then what happens if I change my deferment, which is exactly what we did with this client, and we started contributing on a post-tax basis. And we essentially just said, let's look at the difference in the two. So we ran one plan was pre-tax. The other plan was on post-tax. And we compared the two together and let them look at it. And it was a significant difference. Yeah, it does. It makes a big difference. It was a big difference. Because in this case, which is, I give this maybe a squirrel moment, which somebody else that we know <laughs> has squirrel moments Has a lot. those moments, yeah. yeah. Uh, but this particular person was, in a, was a very high-income earner, okay, so they were ineligible to make a direct contribution to a Roth. And he kept saying, I'd like to contribute to Roth. I can't. I'm like, well, let's, here, here we go. So now we're going to make post-tax contributions to the Roth portion of his 401k. And by the way, I told him, you can defer as, you know, as much as you, as much as the 401k limit will allow you into a Roth 401k, which then, when he retires, would just be a Roth IRA. So anyway, it, it kind of killed uh, two birds with one stone, if yep. you will. Um, so again, we just went through the whole cash flow analysis and showed it to him. And he was like, nope, I totally get it. Now, I will tell you that he didn't choose to defer 100% into the post-tax. And he didn't choose to do 100% in the pre-tax. We kind of split it down the middle. Um, so he's now doing 50% pre-tax and 50% post-tax. So it worked out. But the only way he knew that is by doing the planning. Going through the plan. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, so uh, I, I guess the, the point behind this is, and there's a whole lot more to, to tackle when it comes to, you know, 401K and should you contribute to a 401K. But I will tell you, the biggest impact is something we don't know. Um, well, a couple things. Number one, we don't know what the growth rate is going to be of those accounts. Right. So we can't ever predict that. But number two, we don't know what the tax impact is going to look like down the road. Now, here it is, middle of January in 2021. We just had a change of the administration. And I don't know if anything's going to change from a tax bracket standpoint or a tax code standpoint. But all indications are that something might might happen. Um, and so we got to believe that in 15, 20 years from now, it's probably going to be different. Have a I, don't different one, it, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be higher or lower. We, we have no idea. But we do know we can plan today to say, let's pay tax on the seed and let that seed harvest over the years. And then when we go to harvest, maybe we don't have to pay as many taxes. And that's what the good financial plan will, uh, will really show you. So any other 
final words? No, I was. I think that pretty much uh, does it all. I was just going to wrap everything up. Uh, if you are interested in finding out a little bit more about what a financial plan would look like or learning a little bit more about 401ks, uh, reach out to us. Uh, you can give us a call at 502-200-5210, or you can email us at info at fwppartners.com, or check out the website. Yeah, it's new. We just launched it, and that was January of yeah. 20. It was like two weeks ago, but this is middle of January. And so what's the website now? It's just FWP. Well, somebody's going to put it up We're on gonna the screen. We're going to put it on the screen. We'll there put we it go. on the screen here for you. That same guy that makes all the goofy analogies is going to put this on yeah, the screen, and he's probably right going to be hating here. on us later. He's sitting right over here. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks for watching. Just make sure you tune in every week. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, select the subscribe button. And uh, as we put out new content, which, by the way, is every week, um, you'll get the new content. And by the way, we also have a second podcast. So if you're, uh, if you're following this one, make sure you follow our other one. Now, I will tell you, this is more financially related topics. Sure. Our other podcast is called Connecting the Commonwealth. That's a super cool one. That's the one I'm probably most kind of geeked about going into this year, uh, where that particular podcast focuses on different entrepreneurs in the city, business owners, where we just kind of talk shop about being an entrepreneur or a small business owner. But we really kind of focus on their business and let them tell their story. Um, and, and the reason we do it is because there's a ton of us out there that have these small businesses that have great services that not too many people know about. We don't have the big budgets like, you know, uh, the Walmarts of the world uh, to do constant advertising on TV or anything. It's really just by word of mouth. And so we're sort of helping them. Uh, get the word out about the services they provide our community. So it's kind of cool. Just uh, just do the search for Connecting the Commonwealth. Uh, and then uh, our search is obviously Peace of Mind Radio. But uh, follow us um, and, uh, you know, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to our content. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as Independent Financial Partners, IFP, IFP Securities, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only, and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors. This report may not be reproduced, distributed, or published by any person for any purpose without IFP's express prior written consent. Securities offered through IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as independent financial partners, IFP, member of FINRA and SIPC, investment advice offered through IFP Advisors, doing business as IFP, a registered investment advisor. IFP and Family Wealth Planning Partners are not affiliated. The information given herein is taken from sources that IFP Advisors, LLC, doing business as IFP, IFP Securities, LLC, doing business as IFP, and its advisors believe to be reliable, but it is not guaranteed by us as to accuracy or completeness. This is for informational purposes only and in no event should be construed as an offer to sell or solicitation of an offer to buy any securities or products. Please consult your tax and or legal advisor before implementing any tax and or legal related strategies mentioned in this publication as IFP does not provide tax and or legal advice. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs of individual investors.